When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Auburn hires a new defensive line coach. Auburn basketball travels to Florida trying to break a curse that's been going on since 1996. We got all kind of Auburn sports to talk about on this special edition of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. Man, man, y'all better wake up. Y'all better wake up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Blake's got that button buttoned up all the way to the top. Our guy, Charlie Five, is expected to join us shortly. Shortly, man, you guys stay tuned. But it is a uh, a rainy Saturday morning down here in Pensacola, Blake. I'm sure you got some bad weather up there as well, brother. Mm-hmm. I was just happy to see the internet working. It was storming earlier this morning when I woke up. Um, but we're locked in. We're loaded, man. We got a big day. Big day of Auburn sports. A lot of stuff going on. Finalizing coaching staffs. Basketball in full tilt. Baseball starts next week. Softball opened up yesterday and they split. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about, Blake. Uh, we haven't even talked about Vontrell King Williams being hired as defensive line coach. Haven't given our thoughts just this week on that. So uh, that's where we're going to start, man. Uh, just how do you think about this one? Because this one, the last time we talked about it, Blake, we said his name's in the hat and his name deserves to be in the hat, but we don't expect him to be the hire. And we were yeah. wrong. He was the hire. So w- what you thinking? He was the hire. I think that the players respect him. I think that Hugh Freeze is comfortable enough with him to make this hire, and he has watched the grind on the recruiting trail. I think that it just really come down to <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Uh, it just really come down to who, who are you comfortable with? Are you comfortable – with Vontrell King-Williams, do you respect the grind enough? Uh, do the players respect him enough? Can he keep the 2025 class together? Mm. I think that's a big deal with it was you see guys like Antonio Coleman come out and he say, hey, Vontrell King-Williams is my guy. Right. Like, that's my guy. That's the guy that I connected with. So I think that has a lot to do with it. He – He's he's got dogs in the NFL. I had no idea that he worked with Max Crosby at what was it Eastern Michigan yeah. uh, or Western Michigan? One of the or, one of the yeah. maximum schools in Michigan. Yeah, one of them. Uh, I know he he was up there for a couple of years. He's got that on his resume. I know he's got some work at what was the other school? Memphis, I believe. Uh, or I know I know he was at Liberty before. Liberty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was Georgia Tech guy from because the uh, one time the only time he had his own room was the one year out of the directional school, and then he came back to he came to Liberty for a year, uh, yeah. and then he came over to Auburn. Yeah, and I, I know he had uh, at Liberty he had some guys that excelled uh, in postseason awards and everything like that. So yeah, I'm excited about it. But what I'm really excited about is he's working with the D tackles. Josh Aldridge is moving to edge, and mm-hmm. DJ Durkin. Uh, is working with the linebackers. So that's the one big thing that I'm really excited about is DJ Durkin just getting his hands on all of this. Josh Aldridge uh, taking a guy like Jalen McLeod you know, and, and just raising his game because we saw what he did with the linebackers last year. So I think you got to be excited about the edge position. And then you just know DJ Durkin's going to have dogs up front. Like he's mm-hmm. just – he's going to bring – uh, elite talent up there. So as an Auburn fan, Dustin, I'm excited. I I think this defense will have potential. It's going to be young in spots, but it's going to have a lot of potential. And we just really got to get – we got to get big up front. We got to get them dogs up front. And if Vontrell King-Williams can hold that 2025 class together – and he can dominate on the recruiting trail. I think this is an A-plus hire for Hugh. I think Hugh is putting together a really solid staff. And you look across the state, and, you know, some of their guys, they're not even coaching a game, and they're getting out. All right, so 
you know, I, I think it's uh, I think mm-hmm. things are going in our way in our favor, and I'm excited about it, Dustin. Yeah, no, if you're a college coach right now and you have the opportunity to go to the NFL in any kind of capacity, it seems like they're doing that, brother. And that goes back to something that we've, you know, we talked about a lot during the season is just as far as the rules and where it's all going. That's a conversation for another day. You talk about the uh, the 2025 class and how important Von Schell King Williams is to that. We're really up to uh, Charlie Five guys. He's going to be joining us about 10, 15 minutes. We're definitely going to ask him some recruiting questions. Uh, but we've always heard, we've always heard that Von Schell King was was out there on the trail, that he was a big part of, that he was always Jeremy Garrett's right-hand man. And Hugh Freeze, we talked about on Tuesday Night Live show, we said, man, this is a really important position. This is kind of why, I, like, it's not, it's not pushback. I'm just going to play devil's advocate and say I was a little surprised just because it's so important to develop good defensive linemen in the SEC, it literally yep. is the difference between winning and losing a lot of games that I was surprised is you would give a first year, like a guy, his first real opportunity, you would give him the Auburn defensive line room. I was just kind of like, mm, okay, you know, um, so just kind of just something to watch, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to come out and just be the bootlicker, right. And say home run. Yep. Like we, we'll, we'll see. Um, but what we've heard all year on the recruiting trail was like, this is that dude that whenever they have the weekends where everybody's visiting, he is right there, forefront, meeting guys, working the room, working people that aren't necessarily defensive linemen, just going around being a big part of it. I think Hugh watched that all year and said, hey, man, if this guy's earning a spot, if that job ever opens up, definitely going to bump him up. And Hugh's going to – Hugh has an eye for this, right? We've talked. We, we've always talked about how – you just look at Hugh's history of hiring defensive guys. He hires good defensive coaches even though he yeah. is a good – you know, he's an offensive guy. So I'm going to sit back. I'm going to trust him. He's watched Vontrell all year. I haven't, right? Uh, he knows what the guy can do. So I think the only question here is, because you talked about Coleman, you know, yep. big-time recruit who just went and visited Bama, so we were like, whoa, how's this going? He kind of comes out the last couple of days and reaffirms, hey, man, I'm, I'm locked in. It even said, to your point, that then promoting Vontrell was kind of a big part of me staying locked in. Uh, so it just speaks to the work that he's putting on the trail. And then the guys on the team already love him. The guys that are already committed love him. So it makes me feel good about keeping that 2025 class together, bro. Did you see the tweet from Antonio Coleman from the Alabama beat writer? Yeah. He he wrote all of that. He wrote that whole article. And then right underneath it, Antonio Coleman was like, nah, bro, it's, it's WDE over here. And I was just like, Hey man, like good stuff. You know, that, that, that that gives me uh that gives me positive vibes and good feelings that Vontrell King Williams is a bright star in the coaching game, you know. Yeah, and, sure. and I think the the young dudes, man, they feed off of his energy. And like we were talking about the other night, when you got a young coach like Vontrell King Williams, he's closer to age with these guys, so he might be able to mm. relate to them a little bit more. I, that's why I think Marcus Davis is is really really solid at what he does in the recruiting game is because he is closer to age to these guys and he can relate to some of the things that they relate to and he's more on their level not as a friend but he's not too far out of the game from going what they've been through um i thought trevon reed that's one thing that worked really well for him dustin was he it was just so easy for them to connect to the high school kids and that is why they excelled in the recruiting game. So I think Vontrell King-Williams can absolutely knock it out of the park, man. Yeah, for sure. Let Hugh Freeze get your granny. Let Hugh Freeze win over your mom. Let him eat the cornbread. Let him eat the mashed potatoes and tell her how good it was. And then Vontrell will come in and, uh, you know, he'll he'll do all the young trendy stuff with those guys. And so I like it, man. And Hugh Freeze has built um, – he's built a recruiting force. I mean, it's obvious. You know what he's going to do. And I know we've talked about it a ton – but I can't say it enough. It's, it's kind of one. It's it, so it's like a it's like a it's like basketball when you when you have a good guard and he makes the rest of the guys around him better. Kind of like Trey when Trey's on his game. That's how I feel about Charles Kelly, bro. I feel like Charles Kelly on the defensive staff makes everybody else in their living room dangerous as hell because you've got one of the best recruiters in the country sitting right here. And then everybody else can feed off of that. He's already building up these relationships. He already has all these connections in the high school ranks. And now you're letting your young dogs like Vontrell come in behind that. You know that Hugh Freeze, despite uh, I stirred up the pot yesterday on social media, Blake, I dared to, I dared to say that Hugh Freeze is almost as good a recruiter as Kirby Smart. I didn't say he was better. I just said, hey, man, with Saban out the game, 
let's let's ask this question in chat. I'll, y'all get in the answers here. This is I was thinking about this morning in the shower. If Kirby Smart is the best recruiter right now in the SEC, which I wouldn't argue that at all, who is the second best recruiting head coach in the SEC? Don't give me like class rankings, right? Well, this guy's done this, you know, like because because like Hypel at Tennessee, right? He's been there longer. Just on the merit, just on the chops. You're just putting, you're just lining them up on one battle. Kirby Smart, is Hugh Freeze not second in the league right now? Who else is there? Am I wrong, chat? Kalen DeBoer, bruh. <laughs> Kalen DeBoer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah let, let Nate Goats tell you that lie. Uh, let us tell you that lie. Hey, man, we haven't hollered at the people yet. You guys are up nice and early with us. Again, yeah. Tim the Toolman Taylor beats everybody to the punch. My guy's in here 20 minutes before showtime. Says awesome hire for Auburn football. Auburn basketball plays today. And Bama lost their OC. Today is definitely a good day. Uh, yeah, man, did the, did, the, uh, did the Goodyear blimp call you a pimp? Because then you have a real good day, my guy. Look, um, yeah, we're going to break the curse today. Spoiler alert. I'm going to go ahead and make my prediction now. We're breaking the curse today. We're doing it. It's going to be tough. Florida's 9-1 at home. Um, but we're going to get this done. It's going to be a dog fight. We're going to make the plays down the stretch. And, yeah, a little um, something that we went through last year, Blake. Yep. You, you, when you hire an OC that never even coaches it down. Hmm. Time's changing <laughs> over there in Tuscaloosa, brother. Hey, so, look, we don't have to play Colin Castleton today, all right? So, that is a huge plus for the Auburn Tigers. We don't have to deal with that freaking dog, man. That dude, I mean, he was such a thorn in our side while he was at Florida. Uh, dude was a hooper. Uh, really enjoyed watching him play for Florida. But, look, Ryan Grubb, he never changed his social media status or anything like that. I was talking really? to a Bama buddy. Last night, he was the only coach not to get on Twitter and change his his uh, PFP. He didn't change any of his stuff. Uh, and his his goodbye letter to Washington, it never said – like a buddy of mine pointed this out to me last night. He said, it never said I'm going to be the OC at Alabama. He just said that I wasn't considered for the Washington head coaching job. And so I'm moving on for you know bigger and better things right like i can't remember word for word what it said but it was something similar to that like um but he never showed any signs of being the next alabama oc but what got me dustin is two days ago he stood up in front of tide pride and he said i will be the next alabama oc Right. He said, I can't wait to be your your offensive coordinator. And then, bang, he goes to Seattle. <laughs> you love to see it. Times are changing. Nick Saban, don't give a piss about the Tide because he's out <laughs> at the Waste Management playing golf right now, and he ain't in that office that y'all thought he was going to be he's in. an office, though, Blake. He's got oh, an office. man. He's got an office. He's going to be – He's gonna be, look, let me tell you something about that. Kalen DeBoer, all right. Bro, do you really think he wants him right here? Like, get out of here, man. Get out of here. No, sir. No, you don't. And, um, I mean, we, we talked about it when it happened, bro. It, uh, it it got them for a long time. They went that route for a long time, trying to do it the Bears way, 20 years after the Bear left, and they couldn't beat nobody. So, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that's the route that they, uh, that they go. Um, I would tell you what, though. They got beat in gymnastics last night by Auburn. Yep. They got beat by men's basketball this week in Neville. They got beat by women's basketball team in Neville mm. this year. And they got beat three sets to zero in volleyball mm. in Neville this year. So all I want to say to everybody fine folks over there in Tuscaloosa is you ain't coming in here and winning shit. You ain't coming in <laughs> and getting nothing. I mean, look, I'll give it to you. You know, you got that was the most ridiculous end of an iron bowl. I'm probably ever going to see. I thought it was more ridiculous, at least from my standpoint, than the kick six, right? Um, but you ain't getting nothing else in here. You ain't getting nothing. You ain't, you ain't getting. You ain't getting nothing else. And like I said uh, on our reaction show to the game of the night, I want to see that basketball team again in the SEC tournament because I don't want it to be one to one at the end of the year. Yep. We're a better basketball team, and I want. I, I want to see them in the SEC tournament, and we'll beat them on a neutral floor. And then there'll be no arguments as to who the best basketball team in the state of Alabama is this year. But a good week for uh, for the rivalry, bro. A good week for the rivalry. If I was uh, if I was Roll Tide Willie, I'd hush. 
I'd hush, right? <laughs> you don't get pissed about nothing but the tide. That's cool, baby. We don't get pissed yeah. about nothing but beating the tide. Yeah, it, it went from blitz, bama, blitz, to blitz, to bama, blitz. <laughs> all right, because right, we've been wearing you out lately. So, yes, sir. Oh, uh, roll tide, Willie, man. Uh, crazy. He, dude is taking over the internet. It is hey, It is wild. 2024 is a wild time, and I will give him this. The man's good at internet, and he understands it, or at least, yeah. you know, the guy running it is. Yeah. Um, Let's see. So our guy Tim saying that yeah, Neville is definitely hell for Bama right now. Guys, uh, Charlie Five will be joining us very shortly, so just stay tuned if you're waiting on that. I know you see it in the description. Check in with some of y'all. Kyle says, let's drain the swamp, fellas. Yeah, yeah dude, MAGA, make Auburn great again. Let's drain the swamp. Let's do it. We ain't, <laughs> we ain't, we ain't drained it since 1996, bro. It's time. <sighs> Past time. Today is the day. They Chris got a couple. They got a couple shooters over there, Dustin. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you they, they, they got a couple shooters over there uh, at Florida. I'm not really sure about their front court, but they I watched them play Kentucky, and they got one kid, man, that can absolutely stroke it. I mean, mm. dude is legit. Um, they're competitive. You know, they've been right. competitive all year. Uh, I think Coach Golden down there, he come from San Francisco. I think that was a, a pretty solid hire. He brought some. He brought some guys with him. He's really good at recruiting, so it's going to be a tough one, man. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously we haven't we haven't got it done there in a while. But and like I said, they're nine and one at home. They're five and four in the conference, fifteen yep. and seven on the year. Um, Aiden Holloway play efficient today. Only has to be three for five, four for six from the field. Nothing crazy, but play efficient. Help out, uh, help out Trey. I think we're going to get another big day from Trey. I like the way Trey's playing. I think you're going to get, continue to get big stuff from your four and your five down there. Um, today's going to be about protecting the basketball, in my opinion. Protect yep. the basketball. You're going on the road. Just shoot it at a decent enough clip. Win the, win the, so win the turnover battle here and uh, make your free throws. And you're going to be, I think you're going to be in a ball game late, Blake. And it's going to be time to make them plays. Because, look, I love blowouts. But I want to see us make a clutch play because yeah. you're going to have to do it, right? I'm not yeah. going to complain about blowing Bama out. That was great. But at some point, I want to see us in a tight game in that last possession actually get that bucket, actually get that bucket so we know that we can do it because you're going to face it at some point in March. Yeah, and we're not going to run away with anything on the road, I don't believe. Right. Uh, this it, It's a hostile environment. They just renovated that place a couple years ago. I think they swapped, swapped up the student section a little bit. Uh, and and it's just it's loud in there. It's really really loud. You know, my boy DG, he's a huge uh, Florida fan, and he says it's one of the best atmospheres in college basketball. It just doesn't get the love nationally because they haven't been great since you know the early two thousands. Uh, so you know the the steam hasn't been on Florida basketball. Right. Uh, sure. So it, it's going to be tough, man. And you know they hate us. Like. I think that's a bitter rivalry that doesn't get enough love and it doesn't get the traction in football that it deserves. And here baseball lately, we've been having some absolute bangers with them. Like, I mean, we took them to three games last year in baseball and, and were was up by like six, seven runs right. at one point in the rubber match. And they come back and put like 25 runs on us in one inning because we couldn't throw a strike. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. But, it was tough, you know, tough uh, eighth, well, like a, it was an eighth inning. Yeah, it got out of hand late. I remember that game though. Yeah, they we we walked like six straight people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've had some bangers, and I, I hope it continues today, Dustin. I like I like you saying that that we need a final possession, and we need to get a bucket or something close where you make some free throws late. You have somebody clutch up because we're gonna have to have that in March. I every game in March, we're not UConn last year where we win every game by 15 plus. So you're gonna have to clutch up at some point. Facts. I got War Eagle 32. What's up, baby? Says glad I finally caught y'all live. Uh War Eagle 32 man, a member here always supporting it says, Do y'all think if Grubbs would have announced a little sooner he wasn't coming to Alabama, do more players transfer out and do they land Hollywood? Uh Blake's a little more plugged in on the Ryan Williams thing. I'll just say this. Um I'll, I'll, real quick on like so on Perry Thompson and on Ryan Williams, pretty much heard like the same things, right? Like Perry was a little more. Like I had people behind the scenes telling me Perry's going to commit to Auburn mm-hmm. on Big Cat. That's when he's going to flip. This is how it's going to be done, basically, and it played out. But the Auburn fan in me trusted these people; they were legit sources. But the Auburn fan in me was like, "We're going to flip a five-star receiver from Alabama. Yep. I'll believe it when I see it." 
had legit sources. Um, on the Ryan, and then it obviously happened that way. On the Ryan Williams was never told, hey, 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 but what had a lot of the same people saying, look, this very well could be Ryan Williams. And then whenever, or it could be Auburn. And then whenever Satan retired, people were like, okay, this is, Auburn has to botch this. Yep. I had that feeling the whole time, like, he just seems like it, everything he says and does looks like Alabama. So these recruitments are just weird to read is a point I'm making. Um, yep. But I never thought in my heart of hearts that Ryan Williams was going to come to Auburn. was hearing some stuff about how strong a possibility it was, and that kind of – I had to stay in the game with that. But deep down it was just like, yeah, there's no way. So I always think, to your question, War Eagle 32, I think he was always going to Bama. And then it, it seems like definitely a fat paycheck may have uh, – May have steered him in that direction as well. Yeah. NIL, man. <laughs> NIL being used in college recruiting. Definitely not what it was uh definitely not what it was made for. So uh yeah, that's my boy Charlie right there, uh Dustin and and uh he is from Monroeville, Alabama. So uh glad he's with us. But look, Hollywood how do I say this? Hollywood I think it was a tougher decision that he made it seem like in the media after he committed back to Alabama. I don't think it was as easy as, you know, him, oh, you know, I was always Alabama and everything like that. Uh, Because Auburn made a legitimate push. But, you know, obviously some big boy recruiting went on. And I think what's weird about all of this is – we we made relationships in a week. Right? Mm. Well, one of the guys that we apparently made a relationship with isn't even coaching a game. And that guy made a decision when the transfer portal officially closed for Alabama and they can't go anywhere, you know, like they can't like what why why did you why did you make that decision at that moment so you were just trying to hold the class together or what like there's just there that's big boy recruiting i don't know I, i'm i'm lost on it because you 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 wanted to be a part of the grub offense and the wide receivers that he's produced but he's not even going to be coaching a game but then I hear from Alabama fans, well, it's DeBoer's offense. Grub, you know, he he just learned it while following DeBoer. Okay, we'll see. We'll see, you know, because now you got to make a hire. Right. So, I don't know. I, I know Auburn lives at Sarah Land High School. They, they stay at Sarah Land. They made a push. I just really thought when T-Rob left Alabama. Yeah. And Holman Wiggins left Alabama. That Ryan was free game between Texas and and Auburn. Like, and I never I never thought he would leave the state of Alabama. So I thought the Texas thing was just nil, and they were just pushing it for for traction and all of that. But you know, Alabama won. I, I'm excited for Ryan, man. I, I think I think he's going to do great things. I just hope he he has one bad game a year. Honestly, like he's from my city. I'm I'm damn proud of the 251. Uh, I I hope he has a great career. I hope he goes to the NFL and flourishes and just makes all kind of money. Uh, But I hope on the last weekend of November, he has just an absolutely terrible game. And that's that's my feelings on Ryan, man. Like I'm, I'm proud of the kid. Yeah, I feel you. I know I saw a lot of lately uh, the arguing about who's better, Cam or Ryan and all that kind of stuff. They're two future all pros. That's what I'll yep. tell you. If everything yep. goes out the way that it should for both of them, if they both handle their business and, and they're able to stay healthy, then um, they're both going to play in the NFL and they're going to be productive on Sundays. So, you know, whatever. I think you got – those are two of the best receivers in, uh, in the country coming out of the state right there. And Auburn should be – more than happy with the haul that we brought in. Cam Coleman is that dude. That's Brett, Brett says, coming into work Thursday was nice. It was like going to a funeral. It was so quiet. No one talking trash. Yeah, here's what they do, Brett. You know what they do. <laughs> Congratulations on your Super Bowl. Oh, oh, you reverse rammer jammer. You had to copy our tradition. Oh, you copied the picture. No, it's, a, it's called trolling. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, no, we've been doing reverse Rammer Jammer since y'all been doing Rammer Jammer. You beat us and tell us to go to hell. We beat you and we're like, yeah, now you can go to hell. So, yeah, Brett, uh, it's a good feeling, ain't it, though? My favorite one is, oh, bro, we don't even watch basketball. Like, it's not, you know, it's not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> basketball, like, we're a football school, bro. Like, you know, uh, yeah. basketball ain't even our thing. And I'm like, well, a week ago, you were just hounding us, you know, saying that we got you in the, in the hangar. But now right. you don't watch basketball. Yeah, so, watch, yeah. 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 Wow. Well, I- Funny how that works. All of a sudden, it's back to football, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but we got our special guest ready to go, man. Before we do, I have one comment I had to start real quick. Just want to shout out Mama Crutzfeld is uh, on the plans this weekend, coming down from New Jersey, says so she can finally visit for a short time. Good morning, and Ward Amigo from the Plains. Yeah, we're glad that you're getting to visit, Zach. And we are fired up. Baseball is six days away, guys. We cannot wait. Eastern Kentucky coming into town. Gonna start this thing off with a nice little sweep. Me and Zach, or uh, me and Blake, both predict a big year from Zach Crossfield. Man, uh, it was a freshman last year. You know, coming down from New Jersey, had to kind of get used to the setting here in Alabama, get used to everything, get used to SEC baseball. Right, the kids got electric, electric stuff, and uh, we think that him and Drew Nelson are really gonna take that next step this year. Y'all already know we're gonna be pumping out that baseball. Stay on the lookout. So we'll be interviewing some of the players throughout the week. We'll be dropping those for you guys. Mm-hmm. But enough about that, man. Blake, you got that button all the way buttoned yeah. up there to the top, right? Yeah, man. Got it. Have a little up. boog session, bro. It's time to boog. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. What is up, baby? How you doing, buddy? Hey, waking up with an offensive coordinator feels pretty good. <laughs> there's, there's a side of the state that there's a side of the state that can't say that this morning, brother. It, exactly. Uh what what an emotional day it has to be for, <laughs> for the guys on the other side of the state. So uh I um it, what's funny, the, the funniest thing about the whole thing is uh, I listened to the next round live, uh, and Jim Dunaway was at the Red Elephant Club uh, event on th- uh, Wednesday, I believe. And you had Grub stand up in front of the the mega donors at Alabama and say, "I'm your ne- I'm your offensive coordinator." They were all fired up on on the show, and then of course the 30 day window closes, and he's out of here. <laughs> he's out of here. So, uh, man, I, I I hate it for him. Psych. Love it. Down on the gymnastics mat last night, Charlie. Uh, a beat down on the basketball court Wednesday. I would say that the Auburn Tigers are just handling their freaking business this week versus the Tide. And like me and Blake said before you came on, it's kind of a flashback to our little situation last year, right? You get you an OC that never even coaches a down. Uh, yep. Welcome, welcome to college football problems, Alabama. I know it's been 17 years since you've been through some of this stuff, but it exists. Real teams actually go through go through trials and tribulations. Yeah, and look. Grub was a big Grub was a big selling point for mm. for for DeBoer. I mean, he's been there. He he was arguably one of the better coaches, probably the best coach outside of uh DeBoer on that staff and uh, they were that was a big selling point to to bring him in and I, I honestly wonder if he if it was ever in the plans that he was going to be like I, I don't know, I wonder if it was ever in the plans that he was going to be the offensive coordinator in you know in Alabama because right. Uh, when as soon as the Seattle stuff heated up, you know, uh, he never signed his contract. He was never officially announced uh, from from day one. It almost it always it always seemed like a ploy. And y'all were talking about it before I jumped on big boy football, big boy recruiting. It's ruthless. It's brutal. But uh, I would say they did. Now I don't know what kind of goodwill you build with <laughs> with with the new the new team that you have by doing stuff like this, but. I would say they just about maxim or minimized uh, the the impact that it could have had on the roster because you know you got Ryan to sign on Wednesday instead of Friday. You know that was his plan the whole time. I want to sign on my birthday on Friday. You got him to sign early. You only really lost two or three guys uh, from the twenty twenty four class that was extremely talented, um, and and then you you know other than, you know, Caleb Downs and a few other guys, you didn't really lose any of your starting, I guess, impact players. Uh, I say any, you, you, you did lose a few, but not, I mean, not enough that you, you don't can't reload with. I would say they did from a, from a ruthless cutthroat perspective, they did just about the best, the best you could possibly do. But again, how does that build goodwill with the team? Uh, we'll just have to see. You could have a you could have a uh, mass exodus in December, but they're done. Like they can't go anywhere. They can't go to the SEC now. Like they cannot go yeah. to another SEC school without a waiver. The portal's closed. You got to be. You had to be in either before February first or before this portal window closes. 
uh, to go uh, and be able to play immediately in the SEC, that's done. They can't do that anymore. So uh, can't wait to see what happens after spring. Yeah, the other conferences be- may be uh, the other conferences may be uh, <laughs> pillaging uh, in, in spring. So <laughs> we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. Blake, you got anything for Charlie before we get going? Uh, Charlie, I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to point out on the on the grub thing real quick. Uh, he was the only guy to not change his social media stuff, and I thought that was the biggest thing in his in his goodbye letter to Washington. He never officially said like, "Hey, I'm going to be the Alabama OC." He just yeah. said goodbye. Like, you know, I hate it. It didn't last longer here, and I thought that was always a little fishy that he he would never follow the other guys and they would change their stuff and say proud to work for Kalen DeBoer you know let's get the tide you know rolling again and it was just everybody was saying hey grub where are you at man like why, why won't you do it and he never would so I thought that was you know a big part of it is the smoke was real even though they tried to downplay it Sure, sure. I mean, not only did it not say Alabama, it didn't say anything. Like yeah. he, he took his he took his cover photo off. He took I, I don't I don't even know if he had a profile photo. He took his bio out. I mean, it was nothing. It was nothing signifying not a roll tide, not a RTR, nothing. Yep. Um, and which makes you feel like that he was a this was planned. He was it was a ploy to try to keep as many players. I, I essentially I, I lied to them keep as many players from from going anywhere else uh before the portal window closes great move uh i guess great move from a um uh tactical tactical standpoint but again how do those dudes in the locker room feel right now yeah yeah for no sure doubt. um we were talking this morning charlie about vontrell king williams and i've always and before I ever was recording, I always would listen to you on Locked On on Tuesdays. And you just kind of view it the same way I do as far as it starts in the living room, right? Before yep. we talk about anything else, we got to start in this living room. Um, and everyone watching knows, like, Auburn has fallen short at the line of scrimmage, offensive line and defensive line, especially looking at the big dogs, the Georgia, the Bamas, obviously. Um, we've heard a lot since Vontrell's been on campus about – how good a recruiter he is, how he's always been involved in these relationships and all that. Uh, we kind of think that's a big part is the promotion. I guess my question would be, Charlie, I, you know, I want you to speak on that, but my question is, he is a, it is kind of the biggest job he's ever had. Is he ready to have this big responsibility, defensive line room at Auburn in the SEC? It's big boy football now. I agree, I, and I think that's a great question. Look, look I kind of talked about this on my show on uh, when we talked about the the Ellis hiring. Uh, I'm sorry, Williams hiring, uh, Vontrell hiring. There was a there was going to be a rule change uh, this past off season, or they they hoped it was going to be where uh, analysts, off the field analysts, could actually one on one coach, like actually be one on one coaches uh, on on the field. They still couldn't go off the campus and recruit, but they could be guys that could you know, not only just help the the actual position coach, but they could, hey, dude, your pad level's too high. Hey, you you know, whatever, you know, that type yeah. of stuff, coach one-on-one. He was brought in under the assumption that he was going to be a one-on-one coach. Like, that. that's why we brought him in. He was an actual defensive line coach at Eastern Michigan. Uh, you brought him in with the, with the assumption not to be – uh, not to get Jeremy Garrett's coffee or not to, you know, answer his emails and answer his phone calls. You brought this guy in under the assumption. Same thing with like a Tanner Burns. You brought him in. He was going to be your special teams coordinator off the field uh, and and be able but be able to, you know, call plays and be able to work with uh, work in the practices directly with the players, which it ended up not passing. So they couldn't do it. So it looks like you're just hiring just a regular role you know, a grad assistant or a regular old analyst, but in reality, you're bringing, you're elevating a guy that you felt confident enough already to be a one-on-one coach. And he's not going to have a, like the whole defensive line. So he's not going to be coaching pass rushers and uh, interior guys. He's strictly an interior guy with a position he played. Uh, and, you know, when you run sort of like a three down lineman type uh, formation, you're going to have Aldridge coaching the edges. He's going to have essentially what three three positions th- that he's going to be over. So uh, again, you brought in a guy that 
you already had intentions of him working direct, but working directly with the players because you've seen it. He he was at Liberty for a little bit, I believe. You've already seen sort of the potential that he has. Now all you're doing is you're just changing his title. Uh, you, you now now he actually gets to do the job that you previously hired him to to do, he'll, and he'll be able to go out on the road and recruit. And the recruits love this dude. You know, like you saw him firing off tw- uh, Twitter. Uh, Antonio Coleman, probably the biggest name. He went on a visit to Alabama right after the hiring comes back, and he's like, my heart's at Auburn, War Eagle, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and then all, Jordan Crawford, all the dudes tweeting about it. And then the, the guys in the locker room absolutely love this guy. So yeah. that to me is big. Uh, you don't always want to have your players dictate your hires, but I think this was an easy move. Somebody you brought in already to – to be a position coach, essentially, to coach one-on-one. And now you're just allowed – now he just has the opportunity to do it. So, I like it. I, I get getting wrapped up in a name. Like, it would have been fun for – to you know, uh, Trey uh, – the guy at uh, – the guy at uh, – I can't think of him. Trey Scott, uh, the defensive line coach at Georgia. His name yeah. was thrown around. He's got a connection with Hugh. There's a couple other uh, – dude. Hugh hired Freddie Roach. I think there was poss- – but there was possibly some discussions there. Um, he, he gave him his first on-field job at, at Ole Miss before he, uh, he was let go. So there was several big names that you could have got that would have been fun. But as far as fit goes, I, I, I really like this hire. Yeah, I like that. Charlie, uh, Josh Alders moving to edge like you mentioned. How high are you on that move? Uh, and and how could he really uh, turn some of these guys in that room and, and accelerate their game? So I like – having an edge coach dedicated in general. I, I think that's a that's a multi much more multifaceted position than just rushing the passer. And for Jeremy Garrett to kind of have to handle that whole whole deal uh last year, I don't I don't know that that was necessarily ideal. So Josh, I think is probably going to be a, eventually a DC in waiting type role. Like I think he's going to be probably work his way up to eventually being the DC because DJ Durkin's not going to probably not going to be here forever. If you keep him for two years, you know, spectacular. But uh, I love, I, I just like in general, if it was Durkin or Josh Aldridge, I just think having a dedicated coach for that position is absolutely massive. You're not splitting duties because Ron Roberts didn't really have a position coat that, that he technically was over. So right. Aldridge and Garrett were kind of having to, I guess, you know, split up the duties uh, on, on the pass rushing side. And now you got one dude that's over that whole room. I really, I think that's, I think that's beneficial just in general. And then Josh Aldridge is just a absolute superstar in the making. Like this yeah. guy could be a, you know, a head coach in the next you know, four or five years. Like he's that, he's that good. Uh, and recruiting wise, he's spectacular. You look at the linebacker class he brought in and and that included edges. So, so now, uh, you know, now he gets to coach those guys. So I, I love it. I love the move. I love it. just in general, having an outside linebacker edge coaches is, is gets me, gets me jacked. I see he's a big golf guy too, out at the waste management. Yeah, bucket list item. A lot of the dudes are doing some bucket list type stuff. Uh, I'm glad they're getting able to get out, but that would be a that would be a wild scene. I've never been there, um, but uh, that definitely on the on the list. You can do that, and then if if you can parlay that into the like a Super Bowl trip, holy cow, that'd be that'd be wild. That'd be sick. Yeah, everybody got to get that Super Bowl. You got to get your eyes on Taylor Swift, right? That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> T-Swizzle. Uh, <laughs> I am fired up, though. You talk about Josh Aldridge recruiting some of those edge guys. I'm sitting here thinking Josh Aldridge with Joe Phillips. Like, sign me up, bro. I want to see that. Um, looking at this class that we just signed, Charlie, me and you kind of have talked privately about some of the guys. Like, we talked about Bryce Kane and stuff. Who were uh, – oh, let's get away from the big names, you know, the, the Bryce yeah. – or the, the uh, Cam Coleman's and all that. Give me a guy, man, that is going to pop, that can play early. Like, uh, uh, we knew Connor Lou, right? Like, Connor Lou came in, people that have been paying attention, we said, this guy's ready to go. Um, kind of knew from day one, Keldrick Falk, going to be a guy that's ready to go. Who are some guys this year that we're going to be able to plug in day one and they can help us win some games, man? Man, this class is just – the, the thing about this class that I love is is that it's deep. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's not like you got just a bunch of, you know, you got it's very top heavy and you got four or five stars and then you got a bunch of filler. I mean, you're literally if you look at it from a from a from a uh, I guess a player rating perspective, it's one of the top you know five six 
play, uh, teams in the country. Like you take all their average ratings and, and it, it's from top to bottom, not just your top 17 or whatever it is that the formula works to, to judge your class. Uh, it's so deep that you just have so many options to choose from. So one guy that I think I, – I don't know if he'll be an impact this year, but I think uh, DJ Barber is going to be yes. an absolute star. He was probably one of the least heralded recruits, but one of the first guys that jumped on board. Uh, I, I, I mean, he you saw him. He made the game-winning play in the state championship this past year. He enrolled early, went through bowl practices. He's gone through – um, I mean, Demarcus Riddick's getting all the hype, but just the type player, uh, he really has sort of a, you know, one of those lunch pail Deshaun Davis type type players, but just much more athletic than Deshaun. No disrespect because he was he was unbelievable. But I, if I had to pick an under the radar type guy, I think he's going to be a great. I think he's going to be a great player eventually, as, as well as Ke like Caleb Harris from from Thompson. You know, two of uh, we don't typically get kids out of out of that out of that school, and we're sort of maybe if we can get Anquan Fagans, you know, this year to go ahead and pull the trigger, which I think we have a huge lead. Um, you maybe could start to build a pipeline there. I, I mean, I'd take a kid from Thompson every single year. <laughs> Just take their best player. Give me the best player from Thompson, Phoenix City, and there's there's a couple of other a couple of other high schools that just always put out dudes. Uh, but maybe those two guys, DJ Barber being the you know the main one that I would I would be looking at that could make an impact early or just be a staple uh, in this Auburn defense for you know two or three years. Yeah, we got a saying here about DJ Barber, Charlie. Uh, he wakes up that boy Drake tackling a few, tackling that boy a Drake, few. Drake straight tackling a few. He stays on it. I, I love uh, it. Three stars, three stars for that guy. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I just, I watched him play, and it's like this guy is literally in every play. Reminds me of a uh, uh, Trey Blackman. I know Trey never got his stuff together, you know, but like, but like, he got some it, stuff together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the right stuff. Not the right stuff. Uh, but you think about that Florida game, right? Back in yeah. 06, where he was coming off suspension, and he just comes out there, and he's just the whole first half. He's around the ball every single play. That's what I see in DJ Barber. Has an interception on like a hell mary. It was he was unbelievable in that game. It was yeah. unreal. Yeah, he he was on something that night. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a beast. I agree with you one hundred percent on DJ Barber. Um, one thing that Blake's real big on, I kind of let him speak on it. But just uh, you talked about Antonio Coleman, Charlie. We're we're getting into these Mobile kids for the first time in a long time, man. How important is that? I I said this on my I said this on my pod, and and some people wanted to try to argue with me a little bit, but. Since Nick Saban has been in Alabama, there has never been a kid out of that Mobile, Baldwin County area that they truly wanted. I'm talking about like they wanted Perry Thompson, uh, that they were they had people sitting out in his driveway the night before signing day trying to get him to sign a paper to go to Alabama. Like there was never a kid since Nick Saban's been at Alabama that Auburn has been able to get out of Mobile that they that Alabama wanted. And now you've pulled off Perry Thompson. And Antonio Coleman, which people would argue is more maybe more valuable than any of those kids uh, coming out of Sarah Land. So uh, there, there's moves happening in Mobile that that are big that that we haven't seen since, gosh, well before well before Nick Saban. You know, we we recruited pretty well there in the like the '90s when you go get like a Damian Damian Craig and, and different players like that. But you got Micah Dubose who's at Viger in the 2025 class that Auburn's a huge priority. You're not even really hearing Alabama uh, involved at all. You already got him to decommit from, from Georgia. They're going to put the pressure on him. You get that guy, a five-star offensive tackle for Mobile. Boy, any, any, if you start, if you can start making moves uh, in Mobile and building back some of your goodwill that you had people that have been eager, like dying for Auburn to really get back. Uh, there's, there's some, there's some sneaky big, pockets of Auburn folks uh, in, in, in Mobile. And if you can get those people back fired up uh, about Auburn and, and, and as, well, as well as Hugh visual puts himself out there visually in Mobile and in all those schools, it's going to make a big, big difference. Charlie, with Micah DeBose, do you think Ohio State plays a really big factor? I know Ryan Day come down to Viger to watch him play a basketball game. And by the way, dude is talented at basketball. Uh, yeah. He was pinning off the glass and everything, uh, moving the feet. I mean, he's a talented kid. Where do you think Ohio State uh, fits in that recruitment? Bro, Ohio State is going to be a menace. and They're going to be an absolute menace. They're going to be someone 
I mean, there's not going to be a recruitment that you're going to feel uh, that they don't have a shot at. You know what I mean? So, as far as like how much, I, I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be kind of shocked if he were to you know go that far away from home. I think honestly, maybe like an LSU, maybe a better you know a bigger competition than than an Ohio State versus Auburn. But but again, you can't when you look at how they just picked off Naeem Alford off of basically one visit. Um, they're spending a ton of money right now. You you saw their portal hall. They they are they are ready to absolutely make it happen. Uh, they're tired of you know they sit the blood in the water with Harbaugh leaving. They're going to take advantage and uh, they're going to be a f- absolute force moving forward. I thought one of the biggest things with them was uh, C.J. Stroud donating back to, like, their NIL fund and stuff. I, I thought that was huge. Uh, and if Auburn could eventually have something like that happen uh, – We got to get some be... players in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get some second contracts rolling. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, Carlton Davis got paid pretty good. Carlton That's got true. paid pretty good by my bucks over there. Jamel got a nice paycheck from my bucks. I've been telling Jalen Simpson – Come on down to my bucks, baby. We we gonna build up uh, Auburn two over here in Tampa. Hit up that hit up on to victory, uh, Carlton uh, Jamel. <laughs> Help us out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How can AJ you not Ball. like? How can you not like CJ Stroud? He's just yeah, dude, golly, Auburn. dude. He's just a freaking yeah. baller, and he's a he just seems like a really good dude. But yeah, that that's the kind of stuff that Ohio State right now, man. They've got him. Fi- I don't know. I don't really know what exactly flipped that switch, but they are fired up right now and recruiting like absolute maniacs you get you just pull chip kelly's like i don't even want to coach anymore just let me go call plays at ohio state like (laughs) yeah man unbelievable unbelievable what they're what they're doing they're about to become an absolute force i I know this is kind of like off topic charlie but the you brought up the chip kelly thing do you think if ryan day was to lose to michigan again this year they get rid of ryan day and and chip kelly takes over I don't know if Chip Kelly would take it. I don't know if he would take the job, but but if he loses to Michigan this year, they're going to be uh, calling for his head. As much money, it's a lot like Jimbo Fisher, man. You, when you when they're like, we're going to pump. That's the that's the plus and the minus uh, from a head coaching perspective to having a fired up fan base. Like, okay, we're going to dump millions and millions of dollars in the NIL, and we're going to get you the guys that you say you need to have. We're going to get you the coaches you say you need to have. But if you don't win. You're done. You know, you know, you're done. We'll pay the buyout. We'll do whatever we got to do. But but we've already, you know, we did what you asked and, and we brought you who you said you needed to have and you, and you can't make it happen. Like, I don't know if you replace him with, uh, I don't know if you replace him with Chip Kelly, but, uh, yeah. but, but yeah, I mean, if you got a bunch of head coach, former head coaches on your staff, surely you got to be kind of looking over your shoulder a little bit uh, at some point. I wonder how much Ryan actually wanted that hire. If that's mm-hmm. something kind of forced, I, I don't know. It's kind of a it's, yeah. it's kind of an odd hire to me. Yeah. Well, Dustin, I'm gonna hop out of here, man. I gotta get going. Um, I got some some family yes, stuff I gotta take yeah. care of, brother. Appreciate so, you, brother. sir. Yeah, man. Appreciate Thanks, you joining Blake. us, Charlie. Later, Blake. Thank you. Right, before you get out of here, brother, I'm gonna put you on the spot and get, get, see if you can give us prediction for this Florida game today. Everybody's been asking, can we break the curse? But our guy, <laughs> our guy Jacob wants to know. He wants us to ask you uh, what the ceiling could be because me and Blake are kind of – we're kind of trying to set the expectations, right, where we're saying, listen, it looks like Hughes kind of said that he's not going portal heavy, right? Like I'm not bringing in 20-something guys in the portal. Like one, he doesn't have to. He had a coaching turnover last year. The situation kind of called for it. But uh, he's kind of said, hey, I want to build this thing through the high school ranks for multiple reasons. I really wants to build that culture, right? Um, but just me and Blake have kind of been steadfast and saying seven and five, eight and four, if everything goes good, because you're gonna be you're gonna be young. You're, you're just gonna be young in a lot of spots. Cam Coleman's that dude, Bryce Kane's that dude, Perry Thompson's that dude. These guys are young. Demonte Waller, he's young, right? Demarcus Reddit, they're all they're, they're guys. DeAndre Carter's a stud, but gonna take a little bit of time for a freshman to develop on the offensive line. That's usually how it works. Um, so Jacob wants to know, Charlie, what is your ceiling for this Auburn team next year? Jacobs, he's got me pinned. He's got me pinned. Just perfect too. I, I think. Okay, you got to understand what does ceiling mean. Ceiling means if everything falls into place and works out like the best, that's as high as you can go. Okay, and I think nine is about as high as this team is going to be able to go. I think you're just going offensively. 
I do think I do think you're in a much better place because the offense has an identity now, an identity now, and it's 100% Hugh Freeze. That's your that's going to be your identity moving forward. So I think you're better in, just in and of just because of that. Right. So if if all the cards fall into place and everything works out, I think nine and three is is as high as as you can really expect. And then you know next year, 2025. When all these dudes are sophomores and and that those factor uh, players that he brought in in that late period and when he first got hired uh, are juniors, um, and then you maybe add a few pieces to the por- uh, from the portal, that's when you can start looking at you know let's let we're legitimately ready to to make a title run. So I would say the ceiling under the terms of that's that's not an expectation. That's not an expectation. That is a that is if everything plays out perfectly, right. I think nine wins is about the highest this team is going to be able to achieve because they're going to be young, like you said. Uh, they're going to be really talented, but you're going to be young, so you got to expect some, you know, some big road games or things like that where the moment might just end up being too big. Uh, so, I think ceiling nine is. I think that's probably fair uh, from from a true definition of a ceiling. Yeah, it's funny, dude, because at first you look at it and you're like, LSU hops off the schedule, but Oklahoma's on there. Is Missouri <laughs> building something right? Like uh, Kentucky's a solid team and you got to go there. It's not an easy, you know, go back to 2010. We escaped there with our lives. It's not an easy place to just go and win. So the schedule's exactly. never going to be easy for us, bro. Uh, Daryl wants you to know, Charlie, that you are the man. He also appreciate wants it, us to know that the uh, Up Tempo podcast is the best podcast out there. We appreciate that, brother. Top button up there too, though. Top button up there too. Y'all go. I went with Charlie the hoodie out. this morning, but I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have him buttoned up a little bit later for the game. <laughs> I, I hear you. Look, guys, we're about to get out of here, man. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button before you do. Our guy Tim the Toolman Taylor says 88, 76, 88 on the road in Gainesville, booging baby. That's big. Says time we win. Uh, I'm gonna go, Charlie. I'm gonna say Tigers today. 68-63. Going to go 68-63. Slugfest. Yeah, An absolute slugfest. It's going to be one of those. But 1996, man, my little brother's old enough to drink now, and he wasn't even born then. That's ridiculous. Hmm. That's got to stop. It's got to stop. So I'm going Tigers. I'm going Tigers to 68-63. Like you said, dogfight. Uh, absolute dogfight. Yeah, look, it's tough, man. I, I've talked to people that have, that have been to this arena. It's – it's 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 weird. It smells like a like a like a swimming pool. Like it's in, you're in you're in <laughs> on at an indoor swimming pool. Uh, if we break the curve, I, I think it's going to be. I don't know if it'll be that low scoring, maybe mid seventy something like that. But I, it's definitely going to be a close game. I'm going to go 75-70 Tigers. Let's yes, go. Sir. Yes, sir. Boog all the way on Max, baby. All Charlie the five. They already know where to find you, but if they don't, <laughs> tell them how. Yeah, find me on Twitter, the underscore Charlie underscore five, Tuesdays and Thursdays, Top Button Podcast, and every Tuesday at, uh, on Locked on Auburn. Yes, sir. We appreciate you guys. And look, before we get out of here real quick, go check out our sponsor, the Barner Supply Company. You already know the deal, man. Our guy nice. Matthew over there is doing big things, man. He's a firefighter, a dad, man. He's out there just grinding a guy with a dream. He just wants to pump out good Auburn merch, unique Auburn merch. Charlie Five, the, the gums are already going to call you a barner, so you might as well own it. Put own on it. that, oh, man, put on that gear. I got some stuff on the way myself, man. It's good stuff. So go over there. The link is in the bio. Click on that. Rock that. Uh, own it. We barn hard, baby. We barn hard. We appreciate all of y'all for joining us. Let's have a weekend. War Damn Eagle. Next weekend, Pack Plainsman Park, y'all. Pack Plainsman Park. This baseball team is going to Omaha. I'm calling it right now. I don't care. Charlie Five has inspired my book level this morning. We're going all the way. Going to get that. Going to get that ring this year. I believe in Cooper. I believe in these boys. So, uh, yeah, man. Y'all Pack Plainsman next week. I know it's going to be cold. Just get out there. Put your hoodie on. Let's show these boys some love. War Damn Eagle. Hit that like and subscribe. We love all of y'all. We're out. We'll see y'all Tuesday night on the live show. Peace.